we welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister there, and we're so happy to have you sharing with us in this particular message. It's a beautiful, beautiful Lord's Day. The sky is blue, the birds are chirping, the grass is green, the flowers are budding, and so much to be grateful for. Today, I'm going to be talking about the many questions facing our Lord and facing others before the death of Jesus Christ. And I want to begin, first of all, in reading in Matthew 26, the 26th chapter in verse 17 and following. If you will, let's listen to the word of the Lord. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to uh, celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written. Woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from that now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Of course, we know that this is teaching about the Lord's Supper, and it's also teaching more about the person of Judas. Friends, I hope and pray that as we share in these times, uh, thinking about the, the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord, that we will slow ourselves down and do all we can to, to think more about the tremendous, tremendous sacrifice of God's Son, Jesus Christ, all for you and all for me. And what I'm going to us to notice this morning, that there were different questions I said a moment ago, which were asked, and we need to understand that uh, a lot of times in asking those questions, uh, a lot was at stake. We know that uh, Judas was a very, very... Uh, bad person from the standpoint of being a betrayer, someone who betrayed his Lord for 30 pieces of silver. And so uh, what we see here is he betrayed his Lord. 
And uh, I would like to ask you that if you um, were in an assembly and so forth, or even amongst a few people, and let's just say that Jesus was standing in your midst. And if he were to say is that there is one here who is about to betray me, uh, would you possibly think, uh, you know, I wonder if uh, he might be thinking about me. Maybe there have been times when I have not been like I ought to have been and did betray uh, my beloved Lord and did say things or do things that I should not have done. And so uh, I think that just as as we know that Judas betrayed his Lord, uh, we've got to realize that we many, many times, maybe knowingly and maybe not knowingly, we betray the greatest person in all the world. And so what I want to do this morning is how or what can we do so that we will not betray our Lord? And friends, it seems apparent today that those who once had acknowledged their faith in Christ, who stood and said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I accept him as my Savior, and I want to live for him. For some reason or another, there's been a fork in the road, and they've taken the wrong direction, and they're living a life where they are betraying their Lord. Someone has said, and I think it's very profound what they said, when that which is above us, above you and above me, lives and abides in us, we are less opt to succumb to that which uh, is about us. Uh, and friends, that's so true. Uh, it's so important that we understand that we need to know in whom we believe and what we believe. I just hope and pray that as we share in this particular season, 2021, that we will slow down and think about all of the blessings and all the help which has been given to every one of us. It has been from March last year to March of this year, unbelievable happenings. A pandemic, one of the worst. There have been so many things that have happened which have been so significant. And I want to submit to you that we need to be thinking, just as we uh, have approached uh, spring season, yesterday was uh, uh, the first day of spring, is that we need to say, Lord, as I look out and I see the, the birds singing, as I see the trees blooming, I see the grass turning green, Lord, help there to be new energy on my part for the cause of Christ. Help me to have uh, a, a desire uh, to spend more time with my Lord in prayer, to spend more time uh, in his word, spend more time uh, trying to be a kind and gentle individual. You see, friends, we need to be an individual who's so filled with the knowledge of his word, so filled with his spirit, then when that is true, you are less apt to become a person of betrayal. I know that well, last week we commented about the temptation of our Lord, and, and we all know that Jesus said when he was tempted, it is written, it is written. And I can say for myself that I know that when I seek to live close to my Lord, when I stay in his word, and when I pray 
frequently, frequently, and often, and fervently, and, and on, is I know that it's much easier for me to live the kind of life that Christ would have me to live. And oh, how I encourage you, friends, to thank the Lord in a special way. Hope and pray that you have been able to have been spared of the coronavirus. And if you had it, I hope it wasn't bad. We know that, yea, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, it was very, very bad. And we need to pray for those who remain, who were related to those. And we need to pray that if we had the coronavirus ourselves, that we were healed of it. We need to be mindful that we are to pray, to pray without ceasing. And uh, we know that it's hard many times to develop a good prayer life because our minds are in overload. There is so much going on, so many who are seeking uh, our attention. And But we must, and I encourage you, brothers and sisters in Christ, to do everything you can uh, to spend time in prayer each day. I can assure you of this. It will be the best time that you will ever spend. And I want to encourage you, friends, another thing that we can keep in mind that keep us from going the wrong route and keep us from betraying our Lord in a very important individual of life, and that is to seek to be a pure and clean person. I don't know uh, how many of you watched the Grammys last Sunday night a week ago, but uh, we just had it on for a few minutes, and it was unbelievable how vulgar different things were on that program. And you know when New York uh, Times talks about it, when they talk about it in New York and, and different places, big major cities, then you know that it has to be on the category of pretty, pretty bad. And uh, it just seems today that we're kind of like we, the people back in Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's day when the question was asked, uh, uh, could they blush? And, and it said no. And basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but they, they don't blush at anything. Friend, I hope and pray that we are not getting to the place that it seems parent, apparent that we have lost uh, respect for ourselves. We've lost respect for others many times. And also we have lost respect for Jesus Christ, who is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And so I want to encourage you, uh, as you think about uh, uh, not falling in the category of being a person like Judas, who was a betrayer, betrayed his Lord for 30 pieces of silver, that you tried to cling to those things that will help you, whereby that you would not fall into that bracket. The next portion of scripture that I would like for us to read is Matthew 26, 36 through 45. And this is when our Lord prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. And let's listen to these words in 26th chapter of Matthew 36 through 45. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it be possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. 
And then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away from me, unless I drink it, may your will be done. And then he came back and he found, again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And when he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, look, the hour has come. And as the Bible says, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us go. Here comes the betrayer. And here is another question that was asked in the Garden of Gethsemane. A couple of were asked, but when Jesus came back the third time, he had asked them to be watching, to be praying, and because he said the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he asked them, he said, are you still sleeping and resting? There were some things that he wanted his disciples to be doing. He knew that many, many things were going to be coming to pass very shortly. And if when you read this about his gar- the Garden of Gethsemane experience, your heart aches. You see him pouring out himself. You see the human side where he is asking, you know, if it be possible, Lord, uh, let this cup, as we read just a moment, if it be possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And so, uh, there was, it was a very, very heavy time uh, for our Lord because we know that he, needless to say, uh, was a great example of being a person of prayer and he had prayed and, and now he knows that many significant things are getting ready to happen. And so he was hoping that he could count on his disciples, his followers, to accept their responsibilities and to pray uh, lest they would fall in uh, to temptation. And friends, I want to share with you just as these, uh, each time that our Lord returned to talk with them, each of them had, were sleeping and were not thinking about to the extent that they should, uh, what they should be doing. And, uh, and so three different times, and the third time he found, as he found them doing that, not accepting their responsibility. Friends, in life, that if you want to have real joy, wonderful joy, let the Lord come into your heart and stay faithful to him. I would say to you, as we realize when we look out at the religious world today, that the average length of a ministry is seven years, um, and that uh, the average length uh, uh, of a uh, uh, of many things has just dropped so drastically in the in the work of the Lord. And I know it has to has to hurt the heart of our Lord, just as he was remorseful, just as he was sad when he was thinking about the things which were facing him. I know that when he looks down upon his people and he thinks of all the things he does for every one of us, moment after moment, minute after minute, and he has to ask himself, why can't my people accept responsibility? Why can't they be faithful in their discharge of their duties to Christ? 
not a year or two ago, I was talking to an outstanding minister and a great preacher of the gospel. And he asked me in all earnestness and his heart was aching. He said, Otis, what is it going to take to get people to be faithful to the work of the church? I just saw on the evening news last night where that a church in Estill County, and that's where we ministered before we came to Danville, and the name of the church was Crooked Creek Christian Church, and how that they, small church, and how that they were sharing in a very significant contribution and help with all of the flooding that has taken place in Estill County and Lee County and uh, Liberty, Kentucky, and on we could go. And so many times, smaller congregations think that they can't do a lot. Well, I disagree with that. In proportion, that if they take the Lord's work seriously, they probably do more than some of the churches which are so are much larger and, uh, and have a lot higher numbers. Friends, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, as the Lord looks at me, does uh, he ask the question as we read about in the Sermon on the Mount, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? If we're going to have a better America, if we're going to see Easter 2022, and if things are going to be better, it will be because God's people who have been truly born again, born of the water, born of the spirit, have taken their responsibilities a lot, lot keener, who have stepped up to the challenges and ask ourselves, you know, how can we do this? Look for ways that something can be done, not for ways as to why it cannot be done. And by the way, those two lines of thinking are poles apart. And that's what many people do is that they look at something they know needs to be done ever so badly, but so often they look and see and try to find ways as to why it cannot happen while there are people who are making things happen and they look for ways so that it could come to be, come to pass. Why call me Lord, Lord, and then do not do the things that I say? All of us are needed and we need to seek to put Christ number one in our lives. What did I say? Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of the other things will be added unto you. Friends, I just encourage you. You may not think you can do that, but you can. Just as you begin a day, begin it with prayer, Seek to walk with Christ, pray to him often, and seek to become a person who is on fire for Jesus Christ. Responsibility. That's what God did. God knew there was only one person who was perfect, who was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin, and yet he sent his son, the very best of heaven, so that we could be redeemed. And how the hope, grab a hold of this, brothers and sisters, how the hope of eternal life. Do you know him? Do you know him? God gave his all. What more could he give? He gave his all. No question about it. What more could he give? And now, if you will, I want us to look at our third point, and that's where we talk about uh, the, uh, Jesus uh, being before Pilate and the question being asked, 
as we read in verse 22. But let's start reading, if you will, in the 27th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, and let's read verses 11 through 26. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they, handed, they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. And then Pilate asked the question, What shall I then do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all cry, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. And when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. And all the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Yes, a very significant time as we come to this third question, and that is the question that Pilate had before him respecting concerning the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Friends, I just pray that as we come to this time of the year and when we think in a greater way about all the things that happen to our beloved Lord, that uh, we will uh, uh, ask ourselves once again, even though we have acknowledged our faith in Christ, even though we uh, have asked that question that Pilate in essence asked, that maybe it's been many years ago that you said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Or maybe you have never dealt with that particular question. Friends, both of us have responses that we need to make. First of all, if we've never given our lives to Christ, if we have not become a Christian, oh, how I pray that you will. You will never make a greater decision in life than to give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And even if you have accepted him as your savior, what are you and I doing with Jesus Christ? Are we more dedicated and more on fire for him than we were this time last year? Are we more earnest in sharing with others about Christ? Are we more earnest about wanting to help our local church and help it to be everything it can be for the glory of Jesus Christ? Friends, it's so important 
that we deal with this question. And I just fear that many, many times maybe that people are not being encouraged to think about that great teaching in the scriptures. And this is how that that we can be an effective person is saying, you know, I have dealt with the question that Pilate had before him. I've given my life to Christ. And I can say to you, it was in July of 1954. And so we're talking about a bunch, a bunch of years. And I know that it was the greatest decision that I ever made in my life. And I just hope and pray we all know that, like I said, that uh, uh, spring uh, is here and the birds are chirping and everything is beginning to look most beautiful. Also, friends, we need to understand, as I've alluded to a little bit earlier, thinking about all that has transpired as you are listening, as we're sharing together, we're alive. And uh, we can see, we can hear, we can walk, we can talk, and we can go about. And Christ has done for so much for us. And so we ought to be mindful and, and thank the Lord for all that he's brought us through a very rough winter and how that we have escaped and made it to the spring of 2021. And we need to hear those words of Jesus, that I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me shall not die, but shall live. Do you believe that? I am the resurrection and I am the life. Friend, let us be a type of person who can look at himself or herself and know that they are living a life of deep dedication to the Lord and his church. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your holy word. And we know that there were so many profound and significant things that took place shortly before Jesus went to the cross. We know that his heart was broken because he was betrayed by one of his apostles for 30 pieces of silver. We know he was discouraged by the disciples, people he had asked to pray and and realize that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And Lord, we know that uh, you want us to be asking the question, even though we've been a Christian for years, Lord, help me to continue to grow and do with Christ what ought to be done. Be with those who need to accept him. Help us to be able to be the type of Christian we ought to be, that people can look at our lives and see that we uh, are seeking to be genuine. Bless all who have listened. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. 